Welcome to the World of Changing Podcast, where every week we speak about climate change. I'm Rakan Arkabawi. And I'm Dr. Richie Donahue. And let's go adventure with some climate change. Welcome, everyone, to our very first podcast. I think that it's only fitting to start off with who we are, right? I think that would be a good... good All right, well, I'll go first. Um, I'm Rakan Arkabawi, as I stated earlier. And I am currently a medical lab laboratory scientist infectious disease department at a hospital apparently it's that infectious it's just taking your tongue tied. that's what i got uh, yeah yeah okay uh i i am uh, the opposite um i'm a climatologist uh, i've been working with climate change i got my doctorate in climate change university of arkansas i got a master's additionally in a very similar field where i worked in emergency management and just throughout my whole life i've been tied into basically just our earth and this climate and together talking with rakan we just thought you know, maybe if we answer some questions or dove into it a little bit more, we might be able to spread it out, spread that wisdom out some. So that's what we're trying to do with this. So in case anybody was confused by this, he's the expert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would I would think that that would be the correct assumption yes, to make up. Yes, yes. I have a little to no knowledge. I mean, I guess I have probably a little bit more than the average just because of where I work. But no, other than that, I'm lost. Uh, so Rakan. I think one thing we should do that I've always thought of, that I've always thought is great in any presentation or any podcast, especially with this being the first one, is we need to explain why we care about this and why this is what we do. I right? like it. I like um, it. Okay. So let's let you go first. All right. All right. Um, so the reason I want to do this is for two reasons. The first one, as a new dad, I've been a dad for about a year now. Congratulations. Thank you. And uh, obviously the way the world's going and everything, even though I don't know if just me and our viewers can make that big of a difference. If we can just make a tiny bit of a difference so my son can at least grow up in a little bit better climate, it'd be great. That's that's a great first reason. Wow. The second one is a little bit more selfish. I've just, you know, I got a bachelor's in speech and I've always wanted to use it. And what better way than a podcast, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Um, uh, so I go next, yeah. I guess. Okay. Yeah. There's only two of us. So, I also need to add in right now that I also have a bachelor's in speech, and that's actually how we met. Yep. Good um, old Arkansas but, Tech. That's right. Um, also, heads up, listeners, we are also both from Arkansas, so if our southern accent comes through, just a heads up. As for me, my personal reasons are a little different. I am childless. Different stories there, but that's not why we're here. I got into this, and I unfortunately, I believe Rakan's heard this story, but I'm going to tell it to everybody here. Go for it. So what brought me into this is actually a very interesting story uh, about how why I cared about planet and the climate and everything came to be so a few years ago uh, probably about 10 years ago i went on a spring break trip with my girlfriend at the time and she for some odd reason decided hey you should plan it and you don't know anything about me as you're listening but i've always been a fan of if you're going to do something you do it 110 percent right so even if you fail and i promise you i have failed far more than i've succeeded and i admit that that you go all chips in right so she told me to go all chips in so i did um and i don't know how or why but i picked hawaii right we picked the big island and the first part of the trip was absolutely terrible we had a seven hour layover we ended up missing our first day there we had to stay at a hotel like it was just a disaster but yeah 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 but the key part of this is on our second night there we stopped to get some food and we were walking out of this restaurant it's on kamehameha street if my memory is correct we're walking out and it's right at that beautiful time of night when dusk is just starting to settle and the stars are just blooming in the skies. It's like the heavens are awakening, right? I had some sand in one of my shoes and I went to kick it out. And when you do this, you naturally, or at least I did, I got down you know, on my feet and my knee to kick the sand out. And she turned to me and she said, hey, blah, and I don't remember what that was, which is very interesting because I remember every other detail about this. I looked up when she was talking, and Rakan, I, I've told this story a dozen times. Oh gosh, more than a hundred times in my life. And every time, I keep thinking to myself, like this is the time I can do it justice, right? This is the time I can tell everybody how beautiful the cosmos was in my eyes, how I saw everything that I'll ever could be or everything that I wanted to be and how I saw all of it fail as well I, I just I've lived a thousand lifetimes in just that brief amount of time and 
I truly believe for years that everybody had that moment, everyone had that experience. Obviously I was wrong as I've come to learn, but for me that passion and all that moment, it all synced together right there when I was putting my shoe back on talking to her. Like I experienced the cosmos as I've never seen it before. And to me at that moment, it made me want to protect that feeling. To do that, you have to have that climate again, uh, just as simple as it was. I mean, sea level rise and that spot's gone. I I wanted to do everything and that's what actually led me into my master's. This is what me, pursued me down multiple interests. Uh, that's what led everything to my doctorate and to where I'm at now. I knew at that point, two things were gonna happen whenever that moment clicked, right? Eventually she, she did get my attention back. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it, it feels like I lived a thousand lives right then. I, There's no words in any language that could do justice to what I experienced. Like, I, I can't convey that in a podcast, nor could I in painting. I'm just not that talented. But I knew two things. Whenever I, I looked up and I pointed to her and I'd go, hey, look up. And I, I point up to the, uh, you know, the, the, the heavens. And she looks up and she looks down. All of us fan of have a second. She stares me dead in the face and she goes, neat. (laughs) Yeah. uh, At that point in my life, I knew two things. I knew one, that I wanted to do everything I could to get back to this moment and experience this feeling. And I want everybody to experience this. It was, it was beautiful. And the other thing I knew was that that relationship was doomed. And, uh, spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. Heads up. It was, (laughs) it was, yeah, it did. it, It ended in fire and brimstone. Um, but that being said, that was a couple months later, and I enjoyed that trip, and everything was great, and I would wish it to everybody. But that's why I do this. Good I, reason. A, a lot more elaborate than mine. <laughs> <laughs> did you have a moment like that? I'm just curious now. Whenever the first time I was at your wedding, spoiler, but like, did you have that moment like, you know, when your son was born or when you were married or anything similar to what I'm trying to say? Maybe. Like, when my son was born, it was more of an unreal feeling. Okay. Okay. You know? Like this happening, and of course it it was happening. <laughs> um, okay, I don't know. If it's, I did, I can't really. I don't really recall things like that yeah, necessarily. It, I, maybe it, it was so slow. Like I, I almost feel like I could see the photons just moving. Like it was, it was beautiful. It was. I've never. I, I'm not. I'm not one to believe where you know, quote unquote, the universe is speaking to us. I don't believe that, but. It felt like I was part of the universe then. Whatever that feeling is, I hope everybody experienced that once in your life. But that's what led me to climate change. That's why I do this. Um, I, I hope that we can protect this because I want that feeling. I want everybody, not only for you, for your child. I have nieces and nephews who I adore. I want it for them as well. Like I said, good reasons. Good reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's pretty much that's who we are. That's who we, we are. Did. Exactly. Um, I will say the the main thing from that story, though, I just want to has nothing to do with the story necessarily. But the fact that the street is named Kamehameha and you talk about being <laughs> one with the universe. Dragon Ball Z is just stuck in my head now. Uh, I, just I, apologize. A spirit bomb. I, I apologize. I actually never did the, the DBZ. Uh, I've always meant to watch on bridge, but I, I have not. So, yeah, well, just if any viewers were thinking it, I was. Too. So that's who we are. All right, everyone. So just a little disclaimer. Every week, we hopefully will get our listeners to send us a few questions and answers. But we can give you answers, I guess I should say. And when I mean we, <laughs> I mean doctor over here because you don't want me to answer things. But for now, uh, we're going to go to our other segment, which we're going to hopefully do every week as well, is the whatever happening in the world right now. Yeah, I, I think the weekly news for a weekly show is probably pretty prevalent. Yeah, yeah. You know, that way we can stay up to date and we don't get, you know. Okay, all right. Well, what do we got for the news? Well, for the news, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. I think the first podcast should talk about the major thing happening right now. And that's okay. not my son's first birthday that happened, unfortunately. The COVID-19 problem that we're having. <sighs> Dang, I was hoping for the birthday. Yeah, no. Yeah. I don't think they hit us um, climate change too much. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so, yeah, in regards to climate change with COVID, uh, there's there's a lot of variables out there right now. And I think it, you hate to say there's good from this experience. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think there is. I'm not trying to state that, so don't take that in any form or fashion. 
but what I'm saying is, with this, with all the shelter in places that you know taking place across the country, with all the different provisions, we're seeing a lot of changes that we're able to monitor and track, right? Such as, you know, traffic, pollution. Uh, there's all kinds of different variables we're able to see now, and these weren't possible, and that is due to COVID. Uh, while I could dive into that more in detail, um, I'll just be honest with you. We, uh, all of our thoughts are not our thoughts, but all of our results right now and our findings are kind of preliminary because we're still in this, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I also want to give another caveat real quick. Um, this isn't going to be a political show. So if you're hoping to get some like climate takes on what politicians or something like that, I'm not diving into that. I'll look at the you know, we can talk about what's inside said bill or policy. That's fine. But we, this is not a, you know, We're not going to bash yeah. anybody. If that's what you're looking for. I, that's pretty much Yeah, it. I don't follow politics enough, just to be honest with you. Like, I don't. We might talk about something that is introduced, a bill, something that, like, maybe the You Senate know what? Let's passes. test it real quick. Test it. Here you go. Rakan. Yes. Who's your state representative? Go. No idea. Okay, right. So that's why <laughs> we're going to not leave. very political. <laughs> yes, politics out of our climate change discussions. Okay. Yeah. Now that we got that out of the way, uh, what's next on our news? So the next thing talked about some COVID. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, strangely enough, there's not much happening in the news right now. <laughs> we just had a somewhat of a tropical storm happen. Ooh, I got yes. something. It's a huge explosion okay. that happened in Beirut. In Beirut, uh, yes. Okay, so how that's going to deal with climate change? Um, wow. Well, what I was going to uh, say, also, I can, if it makes it easier for you, I was going to change the question a little bit. And how does explosions like that affect things in general, not just that? Does that make sense? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I can, I, I, I can go into that. Wow. So we also need to mention that this show, the questions, should you submit them as, as the listeners, they will most likely be asked upon me blindly yes i did not give him uh, any preparation disclaimer to any of these questions because yes. i feel like i i think you truly get an authentic answer and right? if we need and to elaborate the then obviously we can come back in the next episode and yep. corrections exactly. or something else that yes. needs to be added. i i am confident we will have an entire section of that one day but that being said uh back to the explosion of Beirut. gosh wow if if everything adds up and it's you know, the, the, the minor tweaks and like the, the statistical odds that are just crazy. But in all actuality, that explosion, there's so many things that's going to affect I me. Mean, water lines, gas lines. Yeah, I mean, not to mention like just transportation. You got to rebuild the infrastructure. Who knows what happened to the water? There's 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 just man, it's uh, it's bad. As for climate change, though, I mean, you're going to rebuild all that or some of it downside of that is concrete is actually a huge factor in climate change if you didn't know that the production of concrete I, I'm, I'm probably going to be off on this but i want to say it's about six percent of climate change is actually from just concrete production now while rebuilding beirut you know won't be an eighth of all concrete used it's still a lot right and you still have to ship stuff in i mean so every little bit does get impacted and i think that's one of the critical things that hopefully everybody can gather out of this is we can't just cut off one section right like we can't just say no more automobiles and we're and we're safe yeah right yeah okay yeah so yeah yes yes it would not go over well that is that is definitely true but to go back to it we're gonna have to do little changes and big changes actually we're gonna do some massive changes we're gonna have to do these on basically like almost everything we do and this is going to come from just product, you know, how we recycle or don't recycle. The, the, the product uses cradle to grave, you know, how the product was manufactured, what went into it, how those products sourced, right? I mean, there's, there's a lot of things, and that's just on supply chain, you know. So climate change, the question I always ask people is like, you know, when I get asked, like, well, does climate change impact me? I ask them the same way I'll ask for Rakan right now. Rakan, yes. where do you like? What do you live in? Like, describe it to me. Uh, like visually. Three-story townhouse. Okay, hold up, stop right there. What's the outside like? Like I have a small yard. Okay, perfect. Right, so you have a climate there. It's a it's a form of a microclimate. Everybody has one. But what I'm saying is, everybody's affected. It doesn't matter where you are, right? Yeah. So like, he, you know, you're in D.C. I'm in the Bay on the West Coast, 
and we're both getting hit with it in different ways and this is going to impact everybody in different ways and what he does over there can still impact me over here and vice versa because we're all in this yeah we're all in this together and the sooner we get that thought across i think that's when we get that 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 would be a huge stepping point totally tangent from the news in beirut wow i sidetracked apologies it's fine it's fine uh while you started doing that my cat jumped on the keyboard so if y'all hear anything like all that that's my as cat. you can tell we are we, yes as you can tell we are also not in a studio um, no we're doing uh, this at home <laughs> <laughs> yes uh but so yeah yeah um do we got anything else in our news section here for the week uh for now not really i know things oh. are gonna get a little oh. juicy coming up just because of the way everything's happening because if we get more stimulus checks how that's going to reduce people going back out more i'm sure and okay all right so i want to take this part to you know figure out some more positive notes on everything oh okay i just have a like we've been talking about some negative stuff and describing some things sure but i want to talk about what have we been doing as either a country or as a planet that's good for climate change oh oh like what are the positives Uh, we're doing and so everything's not so bleak uh, okay 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 um so first of all i will dive into this the planet doesn't care about climate change okay i promise you the earth's still gonna keep spinning if we're not here okay so that's something we just need to throw out right now Okay, the the Earth or the planet's not in it to win it with us. It, it this is just a floating you know marble in the sky. Okay, they don't care. So let's just let's just eliminate that. I meant more of like the planet as people. I on you it. meant the species. Yeah. I know, I know. But I I hear people say oh, stuff okay. like that in different discussions. So I just they wanted to cover like that. so people think that the Earth is going to try to correct itself. Essentially, is what people try to get at yeah I, there's there's different different arguments and if if somebody wants to ask on that i we can dive okay. into it but that's not for now so as for good news you know there, there is there is good news there is good news um the problem is um i'm just going to be upfront with everybody here with climate change it's it's not that there's never good news it's just that that good news it's so minute right mm-hmm. okay okay i'll give you i'll give you a sports analogy all right, right? i like those Okay, so we'll say you're a trainer, right? And your athlete runs up to you and he's like, hey, I just, you know, made my time on the 5K quicker. That's great. That's awesome, right? But he only made it quicker by point zero 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 zero, you know, 50 zeros and a one, right? It's like, I don't know if you really made it quicker. And then he goes, oh, by the way, they're also making the course harder for us. So the next time we try to do this, it's going to be a little more tricky. (laughs) Right. So, yeah, yeah, there are changes we can make that could be compounded to counteract that. Don't get me wrong. Right. But what I'm saying is, unless there's a massive change, these little changes, it's just like a little band aid. Right. And we have a big gash. Okay. In your medical profession (laughs) there. I'm sure I butchered that. But yeah, you got me. Um, So, yeah, uh, as for good news, um, I've seen it around. There's some good carbon sequestration going. There's a lot of good like experimental ideas that are being thrown around, um, and hopefully some of these will come to fruition. Personally, I think our solutions with fusion power, um, I love talking about this. It often gets laughed at because it's basically like a science fiction idea, and then I just casually remind people that it's been happening every day to our so visible lives since we've been in existence. Uh, carriers the sun's and stuff doing in the military, too. You would like that. You have fission power. Oh, yeah, fusion you don't oh. have fusion. There's oh. a difference. You have fission. Okay. In theory, there might be some with a fusion reactor. I don't know all the secrets in that. But I know the problem is with fusion, the energy you put into it as of right now isn't giving you more than you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that 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 has to flip. Hopefully with the ITER plant, I-T-E-R, if anybody wants to look this up, um, hopefully that will flip the script. And that can be like, hey, guys. We're sitting here. We have everything in front of us. Everybody's ready. Boom. Fusion power, right? And that might be that big step. That could be the one that takes us to an advancement in our civilization, right? That would be essentially, well, not really the power of a star, 
right? Because it's, you know, concentrated in a select yeah. area. But the ability to produce energy like a star. And that would be a game changer. And we could use that to combat climate change in so many different ways. I mean, first of all, we could cut off, you know, fossil fuels. And that would be a massive change right off the bat. And there's advancements in this field, I don't want to say daily, but quite often. Um, and I am not a nuclear physicist. I will not begin to even dive into that and claim that I am. Uh, it's just a passion of mine. Um, that is a very weird passion. <laughs> I, I just realized that as I talked about it's it. all right. Everyone wow. has them. Wow. Yeah, I, I definitely got my nerd glasses on right now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the good news does come. I just want everybody out there to know that when you do hear or see the good news, don't think to yourself, hey, problem solved. We're good, right? Let's grill some hot dogs up and let's party. It's not like that. It's, it's while that's good news, it's like that's good news and we need to grow and build upon that. We need to magnify that. We need to spread it, you know, kind of thing. So yeah, there, there is good news. And if you if we want to make this a weekly section, we can and we can try to find those articles and those bits there because I, I agree um, from a human perspective. Good news. I think it, that's a good idea. Help. Every week, just point out something good that's happening, whether it's minute or not. You know, <sighs> that is I your section. You. Okay, all right. I'll just I'll just critique it. Out of curiosity, <laughs> though, because you talked about this stuff. Sure. Like I know I've mentioned it before, kind of, but just for the viewers, okay, listening. Sure. What if because the problem we have is like what, too much o2 in the air or is it too much o2 not o2 you, co2 sure co2 that? okay oh, not, okay yes i don't okay. know much but i know that <laughs> okay so right. excellent yeah, i'm too on that but is there any way because i know you know our plants are doing their job which i do know for off key okay the, i think i know okay. where you're going with this um with co2 pollution in the air like you know do we get to a spot where it goes essentially bad. Is that what you're asking? Like we're well, like the air becomes well, toxic. Kind of, I don't, or... Not necessarily. I mean, we might get to that far. I don't know. You're the expert on that one. What I was mainly going with is: is there a way to help the plants speed it up? Like help clean it, like a filter. Oh, okay. So, so actually, this is a true story out there for everyone listening. Uh, I actually found something out about this today. I uh, had a call with a uh, uh, a person. Um, I won't go into names or details, but they posed me a question, and I'll be honest with you. Whenever you talk to any expert in any field, uh, for me and usually the ones I've worked with, whenever you ask the most simple question, it's usually the one that stumps you the most, <laughs> right? It is. It is. And he asked a question very similar to this, and what he asked was, what's the air going to be like in 400 years? Assuming you know climate change goes rampant, it just runs wild. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, that completely caught me off guard. Cause I was like, whoa. And luckily, what I told him was correct. I am very fortunate. Um, the science education paid off there. So what's going to happen with plants, as you mentioned, mm -hmm. right? So as we introduce more CO2 in the air, plants will logically want to you know, eat more, drink more, abstain more, right? They, they want to keep living. Well, that's going to create a bigger draw on water. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this becomes a bigger problem because water is going to become what's really scarce. It's not going to be air. Our airs, we're good on that. And I actually looked into that just in case any of you are wondering if you're here in the year 2400, first of all, high five to you. Second of all, um, the air will be breathable even if climate change just goes absolutely rampant. It will just be to the point of roughly about 2200 parts per million of CO2. And that gets to the point where people start to experience headaches, uh, maybe like a light dizziness, depending on your you know sensitivity to it. But technically, you can still survive. I know that's not your specialty, but out of curiosity, do you think people would adapt to it? Uh, humanity? I think there'd be a lot of variables in place. Like maybe we could work on breathing devices. Maybe we could work on some sort of filtration system but as for evolution within our species to adapt to that so quickly no i do oh, not fair enough fair anyway back that. to back to the topic sorry. you can sorry a little tangent <laughs> yeah 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 uh people will people will quickly learn that you're gonna have to lasso me back so plants will consume more water right water becomes scarcer this becomes a bigger problem there's less fresh water in the planet right i mean it's pretty simple glaciers melt into the ocean ocean rises that's not fresh water right, right. I mean, it's, it's 
really simple. And people will say, well, the, you know, that goes into the air. The air, you know, rains it down. Okay, that's also true. However, the severity of storms is increasing, not the precipitation amounts is increasing. It's so like the wind and right? stuff's getting stronger, but it's not raining more, right? Kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that that is that is a version of what I said. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, yeah, yeah, but. So when this happens, it's not like we can go outside with our, you know, our rain catchers or our water catchers. If you're in an F3 or an F4 tornado, right? Or if you're in Houston with that Irma hurricane or, you know, in California with these massive droughts. I mean, like, so the problems that we're having are just going to get bigger and be more magnified, right? And there's just, there's all kinds of different systems in place here that when certain things get triggered on a feedback loop, they'll start to feed into it. And unless we can stop these loops from starting to take place, the tub's going to be drained before we can fill it, or vice versa, the tub will be full and we can't drain it, however you want to approach this. Well, I mean, aren't they, I know it's been developed, I don't know to what scale yet, but for converting salt water to fresh water? Uh, Ah, yeah, yeah, um, that, yeah, desalinization. Is that possible? Yes, they do it. The problem with that is... It's extremely energy sensitive, right? It takes a lot of power to do this, right? And our power is not exactly fusion right now, so that's just adding back into it. Additionally, it's not actually a lot of water, right? Um, It's not like we can just build one of these and all of a sudden Los Angeles has all their water or New York or Miami. I mean, it is a massive operation on huge scales, right? And these had these would have to be built all across basically coastlines, right? And that's going to introduce like what happens if you have a storm, storm surge, right? There's problems, right? Hurricane problem. So I don't think that is a viable solution, unfortunately, unless we can somehow make it less energy intensive and also at the same time making it like I don't want to say weather resilient, but these facilities cost a lot to make, so they got to be put in safe places. Is what I'm all right, to get so. To. So now we go back to with the air thing. You saying, okay. what if we okay. had like air filters so the created big enough air filters okay. so the plants wouldn't need as much water to do all that since we're filtering okay. it out. And... Okay, okay, that is carbon sequestration, um, and the idea you're talking about is a a, a great idea. Uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, if if memory's correct, uh, is actually funding this. But basically, it is. It's not really like a filter. It's basically these huge fans, right? And in theory, you can build this to any scale you want, right? It's not like you have one set size. Um, there's these huge fans. They basically blow air through. Uh, we have these kind of like filters, kind of like metallic piping. Anyway, the, the, they're usually magnetized. or I, I won't dive into <laughs> the engineering behind it. But basically, they catch the bad CO2, <laughs> right? Uh, you run water down it. The water droplets fall. They absorb that CO2, right? You, you basically take that out of the water, and you have that CO2 left. That's carbon sequestration. Uh, sometimes you can use that carbon to actually do stuff with. Sometimes you just bury it in the ground, right? I mean, what they do with that's their thing. But is that possible? Yes. The problem is I don't know how many of those it would take. I mean, it's going to be a lot. I mean, how many people are on this planet, you know? And not to mention that the air is circulated, right? So even if hypothetically, mm-hmm. right, we'll say America, where we're at, somehow built all of these all across the U.S. and somehow our air is magically clean, right? That's just here, just where we're at. What's going on in you know South America? What's going on in Africa, Australia, Europe, etc.? Right? All of these places are also polluting too. So this has to be a global effort. Yeah. So. Would that work? Probably not, but that would be a great, like, I guess go back to our wound analogy, right? That might be a full piece of gauze. Okay. Right? Like, yeah, there is definitely potential there. And I think carbon sequestration is something that whenever you look at forecasts and models and predictions, oftentimes they'll say we're going to advance in sequestration, right? And that's actually in a lot of the models that have been built as well and projections as well. But the problem is there's no money in it. What do you do with that carbon when you're done with it? Right? No, nobody wants a like a chunk of carbon souvenir. Attitude. 
<laughs> okay, right? So, like, they have to find a way to – this either has to be subsidized, you know, and I'm not a, 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 an economist or anything like that. I, I, I promise everyone there my bank account can reflect <laughs> that. But what I was going to say is they've got to find a way to – make sure that maybe not for profit but they have to at least break even in some form of fashion right and we also have to advance that technology and just right now that's not there so basically what about if we again it comes back to the money issue because this okay. i do know can happen oh. and that's that we get rid of okay. like fuel efficient cars and get them put out like you like electric <laughs> cars and stuff like that or that is that yeah would that help drastically, so, any? Or no? I say yes and no. Um, first of all, in theory, if we could like just snap our fingers and every car was electric and they were efficient electric and the grid was able to support it, then yes, that would make a difference, a noticeable difference, especially across the planet. That would be huge with shipping, right? However, as I mentioned before, with all those caveats, those aren't there right the way we produce batteries isn't exactly the most environmentally friendly there's a lot of great youtube videos on this uh, it's just it's just i mean not only from an environmentally standpoint but also from a human perspective like it, it's it, there's a lot of bad stuff that goes on there yeah i i welcome anybody with discretion in advance to look up how cobalt is mined so heads up to anybody out there that's curious you've been warned now continuing on so in theory, if we could clean it up and we built the grid, you know, yeah, gosh, I, I, it'd make a difference. But I just – and again, that, that that might be another chunk of gauze, you know. Boom, we got two pieces and a Band-Aid right now. But again, we still got this massive gash. Okay, you know? so just put not, you on the spot. Clean. The one – if you had the resources mm -hmm. and obviously mm – -hmm. like say you had all the money in the world and all this stuff. What would be your big mm -hmm. fix if it was up to you? You have all the money. All the worlds got together and or all I the worlds got together. Yeah. I want to stay right now that idea that scientists are doing this to get funding and it's all just a, a big a big a big a big joke. Well, you are more than welcome to Venmo me a few million dollars. All right. I will walk around happily a bliss <laughs> to it. Um, no, actually I wouldn't. I'd still feel bad inside. But I would drive a really nice car. Feel bad inside. Um, <laughs> That's right. Feel bad, look good. But, gosh, gosh, oh man, I just sorry. I just whenever you think, whenever I think about climate change, it's just there's nothing good. It just, it just really hits you hard, and to do this so long. Um, Ricky, can you repeat your question to me? If one you had more time? all the resources of the world, what would you yeah, do? Yeah, got it. Thank you, thank you. Uh, apologies to the listeners. Uh, great long-term memory, terrible short-term memory. Uh, that's why I do climate, not weather. So, See what you did there. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty crafty, right? But if I had all the money, all the power, wave I want, um, I would dump every ounce of money and research. Well, not all of it. I mean, I'd let, let us live, you know. But I would put it towards fusion power. I really would. Because with that, we could change our entire grid system. We could change, you know, the way we ship our products. We could also put stuff into space so much easier, right? And I always said, I, I actually really like the idea that's talked about uh, Stephen Hawking. Dr. Stephen Hawking addressed this really well, and he's right. We need to get off of this planet if we want to continue civilization. And if you want any evidence that that's incorrect, just look at the dinosaurs or any of the other mass extinctions before us, mm -hmm. right? We are a snap of the fingers away from being gone. So we definitely need to make the most of it. And fusion power would also speed us towards that because rocket launches would be so much more efficient, quicker, not to mention the manufacturing would be quicker, it'd be cleaner. So to me, that would be a solution that we could also use to fund sequestration. We could, I, I, I think that would be the massive thing that I would fund. I don't have that power. Sure. Unfortunately, yeah. none of us do. No, it's probably fortunately that I do. <laughs> it's probably fortunate. It's probably probably quite fortunate. So is there just might have mentioned it and I just okay is there not enough prof like why aren't we shifted that more like to your knowledge sure 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 the I don't want to say the mega corporations are buying it all out that's not it don't 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 take that away from this mm -hmm. right what I'm saying is 
to to fund research, to fund new ideas, to fund innovation, it has that keyword of fund in there, right? Right. Like I would love to just spend the rest of my days researching advancements we could do against climate change. Unfortunately, there's no money there. There's not. It's not. Right? I might be able to come up with a cool idea, kickstart it, patent it, etc. You know, whatever works. But I don't have the resources to build that team, right? To because climate change is going to require everybody working together. We'll have to have economists. We'll have to have, you know, the legal team. We'll have to have, you know, as I mentioned earlier, we had to have the nuclear physicists involved, right? We got to have everybody involved. And unfortunately, to bring everybody to a table like that, there's just not that many organizations that can do it, first of all. And second of all, those that can, those people are already doing things that are extremely productive in their own fields, mm-hmm. right? So you'd almost have to make just a whole new agency, Right, because uh, I've worked, as I mentioned earlier, before with several agencies, several governing bodies, and I mean, just just getting everybody to a meeting together is difficult. Could you imagine if you walked into the Senate or the House and you're like, "Hey guys, let's solve climate change. Lock the doors," right? <laughs> we would get nowhere. No. Right, and at the same regard, I wouldn't hold it against a single person in there. They're not climate scientists. They're not, you know, the nuclear physicists. They're not right. They're policymakers. So you think the right biggest. So, no, no, no. I'll continue. Yeah. So I think we also need to include them too because they're the ones that could say, hey, we'll fund this through government subsidies. We'll fund this through et cetera, right? I think asking you or me or any individual as much as we might cheer for, you know, Gates, Musk, any of these other billionaires that are doing their own things that can be good, we can't rely on that, mm-hmm. right? It's just it's just the unfortunate. I mean, case in point, the government formed how many? I mean, you know, we have NOAA, we have NASA, we have the EPA, we have et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? All of these were formed to address issues. Case in point right now with the Space Force. <laughs> we we need a climate force or something like that. And it, it it's really odd to say that to people because going back to the climate and weather analogy, like, it, I, I mean – Heads up to the viewers, we're not 500 years old. Mm-mm. I may feel it inside, but we're not. No. So it's hard to relate that. But yeah, so that's why a lot of people don't fund it because I understand firsthand, like if I had a dollar right now, I would most likely give it to the Beirut, right? That is a human just, oh, wow, that is just, that is, that's just bad news. And I'm a climate scientist and I'm telling you this, right? So it's hard to get everybody on board and unfortunately the longer we wait the harder it is i don't have the answer for that question ricky and i I apologize no that's fine you answered as best as you could and pretty much summed it up basically there's no money in it and we don't have the resources to dedicate if there was money to it with everything spread out something i will say okay um the innovation and the change will have to happen and the sole reason for that is because we are going to run out of fossil fuels, coal, oil, et cetera, right? No, um, they, have found, yeah, they have found new ways to ex- extrapolate it out. I'm guessing you – what were you going to ask? I apologize. Oh, it's, I was going to say for the next show, definitely need to go back to that. Oh. <laughs> okay, all right. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah, so there's just so many years left. So a, a lot of times you'll see those advertisements from – BP, Shell, Exxon, whoever. And now we're going to get 40, you know, basically warning letters now stating that, oh, we are innovating. We are working towards a change of, uh, that we have to make. Yeah, because you have to make them. You're going to run out of, 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 your, of your precious material. So that's why by default, if they want to stay a business, they have to look into it. But right now, there's just not really that big incentive, you know? I mean, from a business perspective, your goal is to make money. They're making money. They're very efficient at it. So it's hard to say, hey, we need you to dump, you know, we'll say 30% of your profits and start funding this, right? Like, whoa, shareholders don't want to hear that. They don't want to see that, right? And I understand that. So it's, man, it is, it's a high wire act. Fair enough. But definitely got a question for next week, unless listeners can come through with us on the first episode which would be amazing so doctor you've taught this before right this ain't your first radio uh, yes 
yes, yes, I have. I have taught this before to uh, multiple classes, policymakers. The, the list just goes on and on. All right. And seeing how, again, this is our first podcast, and I'm also kind of new at this. Mm-hmm. Let's just go ahead and <laughs> okay. what are some, what's the phrase, things that people always mistake okay. or get wrong about climate and climate change? Oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh, wow. I think a confusion that a lot of people have, I think there's two, okay? The first one is the scale on which climate is measured, and by effect, climate change, because you measure the change between the two measurements, right? And I think the other holdup is a lot of people get confused on climate and weather. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so I'll start with that one. Okay, so climate is basically what you expect, and weather is what you get. Right. Let me. Okay. Okay. So let's let's do another another. Here we go. So Rakan, describe the weather to me right now in your head in Antarctica. Cold and probably windy. Excellent description. Bravo, That's sir. Right. That would be yes. That would be the climate, right? But you could go there and hypothetically. I mean, this isn't the case. But hypothetically, it could be you know thirty degrees Celsius. Oh gosh, that'd be terrible. Let's not go that high. Let's say, <laughs> let's say, let's say, fifty degrees. Let's go Fahrenheit. Let's dial this back above freezing, right? But that's not what you think of in your head. Mm-hmm. So that that's a hiccup. So if I told you to imagine Hawaii, you would say warm. Okay. <laughs> also, warm. also wet. Uh, there's precipitation. It rains a little. Uh, I mean, it's a know? tropical. Yeah, it's a tropical island. Whenever you go somewhere, and whenever you experience your day-to-day life. That's your weather, okay? And a lot of people will often think that if you know if you can predict the weather, you can predict the climate, and that's not the case. I I mean I personally don't recall the last time I ever looked at a weather forecast two weeks out, and it said I had a ninety percent chance of rain at three p.m. No. Right? I mean, I they, yeah, it just doesn't somewhat, kind of. Well, <laughs> well, the percentage of accuracy drops off is where gotcha, I'm going with gotcha. this. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So. When you're asking for somebody to basically predict in effect what the weather would be like on a day next year in July or next month in July, right? There's so many variables in place that can throw this off, right? Mm -hmm. Um, A prime example of this would be out here in California where I'm at. They've experienced the massive droughts over the past few years, right? They've also experienced INSO, which which we'll dive into in other episodes down the road, but that's basically the El Nino oscillation of the Pacific Ocean. Massive, massive weather system. Okay. But what I'm saying is, when you were to take a 10-year average of that, you know, a 20-year average, a 30-year average, et cetera, 40, 50, 50, right, that one bad event gets normalized out, and you can start to see, like, oh, these 30 years, it was a degree warmer than it was the previous 30 years, right? And that's the other issue to tie this around where they, they kind of – the confusion happens, right? So to measure climate change – you basically need to do it in 30-year intervals. All right. You you can do it in smaller ones, but you lose that accuracy, as I was just stating. So if Florida, or, or better yet, better yet, down in Houston where Irma hit, right, and they had the 40 inches of rain. Yeah. If we built a climate model off that year, it would make it look like every year from here on out, Houston's just going to get a hurricane slammed into them. And I hope that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends down there. I want them to be safe, and that's that's 100% facts. But what I'm saying is, over the years, over 30 years, you know, that won't be as such a big event. It'll be normalized out, and you can start to see, like, maybe Houston has five disasters or six or ten or, you know, hopefully just that one, right? You'll, you'll start to realize, like, okay, and that's another way you can start to measure the frequency of storms, how you can also measure the severity of storms as well, because over time, if winds start increasing, et cetera, et cetera, just it multiplies out. So whenever you look at climate change, understand that you are looking at decades, decades of information and projections and modeling. So that that's it. So let's see if I can take all that and break it down to how I understand it. So basically what you're saying is climate is basically like your chances of something like like you say, Um, I think I've like, let's say climate is basically you have this recorded and it can predict. Not predict necessarily, but it gives your odds that something happens, like Vegas odds. Okay, yes. The probabilities 
are the big factor in climate change, right? So like I could say you're more probable to have a drought because the tendencies are showing this. And don't get me wrong, there's other metrics we can look at besides just climate. We can show it through variable other ones too. But what I'm saying is, yes, that that is – we show probabilities, I guess would be the best way to approach it. So like it, let's say right? we take 10 years, right, and during – let me see okay. if I can explain the and so we got ten years. Well, you don't have to regurgitate it back. I mean, I'm just trying to see if I got this really. So <laughs> let's be real. So if I take like ten years and a mar like ten years and turn them into like marbles, and I throw them into a bag, and let's say it rains one year, we take one marble and we turn it red and we throw it in there, but the other nine it didn't rain. So we can use okay. that to say we have a what a ten percent chance. It might rain one in the next 10 years because of that? Not really. Okay. okay. So, again, you did 10 years. We need to do okay, 30. 30. What we're going to say is we'll say that previous 30 years you had three red marbles, okay. right? But the next 30 years you have five red marbles, right? Because that's how many took place, mm -hmm. okay? And we'll say, you know, the next 30 years after that you have seven, right? You can start to see it changing. Right. Remember, this is over 30 year intervals. And again, this isn't going to be, you know, essentially black and white text every single time clear as can be. Gotcha. Right. It's just not the way the, the, the climate systems work. There's so many variables involved. But what we can say is after looking back longer than we have been on this planet. Right. We can look back and say, like, oh, we're in a bad spot. Right. Like we can take. Uh, dendrochronology, which is the study of tree rings. We can do. We can look into ice cores. We can look into sediment cores at the bottom of lakes. They can even take climate data from teeth of animals that were discovered centuries ago by what they ate. Right. So we're able to like basically extrapolate all these different data points and build this model to show what the climate was in those areas. And then we say we start to introduce basically the industrial revolution, right? Anthropogenic changes, right? Which is human human induced changes we start pumping co2 in boom 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 bam right it starts to get warmer but basically those probabilities start to go up for big events which are not what we want and it gets warmer that make any clearer yes <laughs> okay a little right. bit anyway so we got that one anything else that any other okay. common uh not not right now um we'll save that we'll save that fun for later I think that about sums it up for our first episode. How do you think we did? I expect nothing but hate mail. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Directed at him. Uh, well, before we get into the signing off, just a little things that we're going oh, to okay. for next week, the coming next week. Make you hope you stay tuned. The viewers decide to give us, or the listeners, I need to say, be kind of hard to. Or listening. Well, hopefully people listen. At least my mom. <laughs> they can send us questions. If not, I will have uh, some new questions to give out, but hopefully they do because I'm going to run out of questions really quick coming off the top of my head. Uh, we might dig into some more lighthearted subjects, maybe. Okay. In... Hey, you yes. know what? I'm going to jump okay. in right now on lighthearted subjects. Tell me right now, what's your favorite cereal? Go. Right now, Honey Bunches of Oats. I do Ooh, like it. Okay. Almond, right, which is weird, because to me, the yeah. almond actually tastes more honey-y. Honey-y, is that a word? It is exactly. now. Than the normal one. Interesting. Yeah, what about yours? I, if you had to, like right now, go get a, one box of cereal, that would be my problem, because I like to mix cereals so much. But if it was one box, and I'm going to eat it in one sitting, which I can do, it's going to be Cinnamon Toast Crunch. See, see those, I love those. Don't get me wrong. But I was talking about, mm -hmm. like, I was talking about flavor be something like that i was talking about like overall for like health what i eat most yep i i i suffer through climate change enough i'm gonna enjoy the cereal if i'm gonna fair eat enough <laughs> okay so I, now that i've interrupted no, you no, you're good um continue on sir. no i like that okay so what i was gonna say is also we have all the social medias we need to give a warning to everybody out there especially for me i am not a social media guru i don't even have social media I'm a scientist. Like, it's not my thing. It's, that'd be kind of weird, you know. I do, however, unfortunately, now run our Twitter. So 
if you want to ask me a question or direct me anything, you can hit us up on Twitter. All other forms of communication. Feel free to chip in here, Rickham. Oh, right. Um, are run by you. Yes. So we do have the Facebook page, which is a Worlds of Changing podcast. So it's under Worlds of Changing under the okay. category podcast. I think what we could say is our tagline or our catch is always that worlds are changing. It's that way on Twitter. It's that way on Instagram. It's that way on Yeah, Facebook. we got lucky. Nothing took our stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, we so did. We even it's, also, our... it's also on the web. Yeah, we do have a website as well where you can submit questions. If mm-hmm. you don't want to get into social media, you can just go directly to the website, put a comment, and it'll send it to us. Worldsachanging.com. So yeah, that's pretty much our social media account. Thank God, like I said, they were not taken. Oh, I'm glad that's done. Oh, man, I don't want to deal with that. I really hope Instagram gets a million people and Twitter stays at zero. I hope the opposite. Well, I, don't, I, hope, I, don't, I, I don't mind I, Instagram and Twitter. I just hope Facebook doesn't blow up because that's oh, because oh, Facebook yeah. nowadays is where you go for some fun. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay, we got that out of the way. That's how you guys can reach us. Heads up. Again, we're going to try to do this every week. That's our goal. We don't have a set schedule. We're kind of doing this from home. He has a family, multiple pets. I exercise and eat. So, I mean, our schedules are pretty crazy. Uh, a little bit. Not to mention, not to mention, you know, our careers in there, too. So, Meh, overrated. Yeah, right. I actually love what I do. But continuing on that, I, I will say that if you do hit us up on the medias, right, don't expect an instant reply. If one in a million chance this thing actually blows up, we're definitely getting someone to manage that for us. Oh my gosh, yes. Also, on another thing, one final thing. I got two things before we're done. First of all, if you like the music on here, at Device Void on uh, Instagram, dude makes legit music. He's a friend of mine. He actually produces, and we kind of asked him to let us use it, and he was cool with it. So thank you, Tobias. Definite, definite shout out to uh, truly from the bottom of my heart and i would also like to say that we're not going to have a set release schedule i don't know if this is always going to be friday or always thursday like we were saying earlier but we're going to try to get out to you every week we'll let you guys know if it's something that's been pre-recorded not that week just in case we have to save stuff you know just in case we do that i don't know if we're going to but just in case we will let you guys know if it hasn't been recorded within that week also no sponsorship or ads so that's just because i hate listening to them so I don't want you to listen to him. All right. Well, on that note, um, I'm Dr. Richie Donahue. And I'm Rakan Akrabawi. And that's our first show. Woo! I'm putting that in there. Don't care. <laughs> Do it. <laughs>